uh, I was just thinking about this verse, and, and really it kind of prompted uh, some things that uh, Charles Capps had said the other day that uh, I got to meditating on this verse. Uh, uh, but this verse is in, in Romans chapter 4, and it says in verse 17, it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Uh, and that last phrase there which, where it says that uh, God calls those things which be not as though they were. Uh, you know, we, of course, we talk a lot about faith and how faith operates. And, of course, the foundation of faith is just simply, you know, faith is not hard, right? Faith is just, do you believe what the Word says? That's really all faith is. If the Bible says that you can be healed, do you believe that? Well, yes, okay, well, that's faith, right? The Bible says you can be saved. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Well, do you believe that? Yes, that's faith. That's really all faith is. It's not, it's not a thing. It's just the Word of God is, is written. Do you believe what it says? That's all faith is, right? So it's not hard to, to know what faith is, and it's not hard to obtain faith. You read the Word of God. You hear the Word of God. You choose to accept that. That's, that's really all faith is. As you have to choose that, right? That's the part of faith that you have to choose to accept that. But then uh, the other part of faith is, okay, you have faith. What do you do with faith? You know, how do you use faith? Well, this is how you use faith. This is the fundamental uh, verse here of how you operate faith in your life. So faith is, is used to take a circumstance, a situation, an event, and change that to line up with the Word of God. So how do you do that? Well, you do that by this verse. This verse declares how the Lord operates faith. The Lord operates faith by calling those things which be not as though they were. So you remember in the book of Genesis where he said, let there be light. Well, why did he say, let there be light? What was there before he said that? There was no light, right? Uh, and so he said, let there be light. So he called those things which weren't as though they were. Let there be light. And really in the original Hebrew, it just says light be. That's really what he says. Just he declared those things which w were not as though they were. And that's how you operate faith. So, you know, faith is not, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That's not operating faith at all. That's just hopes and wishes and, you know, uh, bunnies and, and fairy tales. And, uh, and so, uh, but the way that the Lord operates faith is he speaks to the thing as the way that it needs to be. So uh, the, the nice thing is uh, sometimes we get it backwards, though. We, we sometimes, it says, uh, the verse says, we call those things which be not as though they were. Sometimes we get that backwards and we call those things uh, that are as if they are not. So we say, you know, I'm not sick. Uh, well, that's calling the, those things that are as if they're not. Uh, he says you call those things be not as though they were. So you don't say that I'm not sick. You say I'm healed. So because you're, you know, in the natural realm, when you look at it, you're not healed, but you're declaring what you are. You're declaring what will be. Uh, and, and so uh, we have to make sure we get it correct because it, we're not denying reality. You're not, we're denying the things that we see. We're just going to supersede the things that we see, the things we live in with what should be. Uh, and we know what should be according to the Word of God. So if the Word of God says you can be healed, well, then that's what you should be. So you declare that you're healed. So faith is, is believing the Word of God, but the operation of faith is, is speaking the things in your life and your circumstances, situations, the way that they're supposed to be. Uh, and when you declare that, then that, that will cause, the Lord will release the power of heaven uh, through the work of His angels or through the power of the Holy Spirit to take whatever the natural circumstances are and, and uh, require them to line up with the Word of God. Uh, and so, and you can see that's how Jesus operated his entire ministry. Uh, be healed in Jesus' name. You know, of course, he didn't say in Jesus' name, but that's what uh, folks like Peter 
and James and John said, and Paul said in the book of Acts, be healed in Jesus' name. So they were declaring things which weren't as though they were. Uh, so that's how you operate faith. And so if you don't do that, you know, you may have all the faith in the world. You may believe everything in the word. Uh, you may believe everything from Genesis to Revelation. But if you don't actually speak to things, speak to your circumstances, speak to the, the situations in your life, uh, whatever those things are, if you're not doing the speaking and declaring, then faith, you know, uh, James says faith without works is dead. Right. So you got faith. But if you're not working faith, if you're not using faith, if you're not declaring what faith should be, then it's the same as if it didn't exist. It's the same as if it had no power. Uh, and so our responsibility as the church is to declare those things which be not as though they were. So uh, we're, we're not saying that what is is not real, that what is, that, that, that that's the whole point of saying those things which be not as though they were, because we see the things that are, and they're not correct. Uh, you're not healed. You're not well. Uh, it could be your mental health. It could be your physical health. It could be your financial health. Uh, whatever the circumstances are, it works in, in the realm of the, uh, in the government realms. You know, I don't know if you remember or not, I think we mentioned this a while back, but, you know, the Lord had had us declare uh, about all the corruption uh, in our elected officials and not just our elected officials, but uh, the officials, the government officials in our area. And, uh, you know, within six months, we had two people leave long term uh, situations, you know, one left by choice and one left uh, uh, by encouragement of the law enforcement right <laughs> and so <laughs> and so and, and there may be other people too you know and uh, of course we had an election and, and several people didn't make it through the election as well and so we call those things which be not you know that we will be in a city that is not uh, run by corrupt officials amen uh, and we don't have to picket anybody we don't have to have signs out there we don't have to have a petition to recall or anything like that we can deal with it from the realm of the spirit uh, and so uh, and, you know, one of the things I do, and we, I've done it since we moved to Dayton, I just drive through Dayton and I declare, you know, Dayton is a city that's prosperous, a city that loves the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and we've seen, you know, that was before Nokian Tire Plant was here. That was before a lot of other businesses, you know. I mean, you think we're the, the, the center of the universe when it comes to Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Because we have to have, you know, police escorts to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken because, uh, you know, uh, maybe that's prosperity. I don't know. It might be other things, right? People are really desperate for chicken. Uh, but, um, and I like Kentucky Fried Chicken, but I mean, it's just chicken, right? So, uh, but that's how faith operates. That's how you operate faith. You, you, you uh, have a circumstance, a situation, and you declare what will be. Uh, those things would be not as though they were. See, that's faith, right? And your faith is, when I do this, then the power of heaven will back up those statements because he said, this is how we operate. This is what he said to Abraham. He called Abraham. You are a, the father of many nations. He didn't say you will be. See, that's declaring things that might be in the future. That's not how faith operates. Faith says you are a father of many nations right now. And that was long decades before he had Isaac, right? And that's how, that's how the Lord operates faith. He, he created the whole universe in that same process. Uh, Jesus operated his ministry the same process. The apostles operated in the book of Acts the exact same way. This is what will be. This is the will of God. And so you have to, uh, in order to do that effectively, you need to understand what the will of God is. Well, the will of God is expressed both in his word and by his spirit. Amen. And once you know the will of God, then you declare that's what it, that's what will be. That's what is right now. I declare this thing, which I don't see right now. I declare it as if it is right now. Uh, and, and so it's not hard, uh, but it requires you to, to operate 
according to the Word of God. Now, if you say, well, I tried it and it didn't, it didn't work, well, then you're not operating faith. You're operating wishes, right? Uh, you declare it as, as, if it as if it is exactly right now today. And then, uh, you know, and I told the Lord, Lord, I, I'm going to have to live forever. Uh, if these things don't happen, they have to happen in my lifetime. They can't, I can't wait till after I'm gone. Uh, and so there are things that, you know, I've declared that haven't come to pass just yet. Uh, but they will. I, mean, I haven't lost faith in them. They will come to pass. Amen. Uh, and so you have to have the determination that when you say it, that you will stick with that until you see it manifested in this natural world. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's like quick, like almost immediately. Sometimes it's days, sometimes weeks, sometimes it's years. Uh, but your faith is it will happen. Uh, and and so, so that's how you operate faith, amen? We want faith. We desire faith. We, we obtain faith by the word of God. But then we need to use faith, amen? And the Lord told me one time, he said, the primary purpose of faith uh, is to change circumstances to line up with the word of God. So that could be in your health. It could be in your finances. It can be in other people's lives, amen? Things slow down a lot of times when you, deal with other people's lives We're, we may talk about that some other time but um, uh, but uh, you have to have sometimes long suffering for other people's lives uh, but that's okay amen it's worth the effort and so so I was just thinking about that verse there that's how faith operates how you operate faith that's how you take advantage of faith that's how you use faith in your life you declare those things would be not as though they were amen uh, and so I just want to encourage you about that and so uh, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute and then we'll get into praise and worship on this earth in this realm of the natural father we imagine what it'll be like in heaven but father someday we won't have to imagine someday we'll be with you in heaven someday father heaven will be with us here on this earth and father between now and then we choose to worship you by faith we choose to glorify you by faith father you alone are worthy to be worshiped worthy of all praise and honor and adoration father thank you for your kindness and mercy that you've shown to us. Father, we thank you that we can live lives of peace, lives of joy, lives of happiness while we're here on this earth. Free from the ravages of sin, free from the ravages of sickness and disease, Father, from poverty and lack. Father, you said we can have days of heaven upon the earth. And Father, we live that way by our choice. So, Father, we thank you for being so good to us, so kind towards us, Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much, Father, for your goodness and mercy. And, Lord, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We thank him for all of the good things that he's done for us. Amen. We appreciate uh, Dr. Larry Hutton being with us last week. I just thought uh, his messages were really good and timely for our church. Amen. And, um, um, you know, it's good to, uh, uh, I think it's good for us as a ministry to be exposed to other uh, ministries, amen, uh, at least other good ministries. <laughs> so, uh, I know one person, uh, they were telling me about this one fellow, so you need to listen to this guy, you know, he's awesome. And he kept going on and on, you know, and I'd never heard of him. 
And so, of course, you know, we, uh, we live in a world of, of YouTube. You click a couple buttons and you can see everything. Uh, and, um, you know, I was really disappointed because they were like the worst. I mean, like everything they said was just 100% wrong, right? Just made up doctrine. And, um, you know, I'm real picky about my doctrine. Amen. I'm picky about, you know, well, you know, what are you saying and why are you saying that? What's your foundation for what you believe? And they had no, they just made it up, you know, and didn't have any scriptural foundation for what they believed. They just made it up. You know, it was their philosophy, right? Their, their thoughts and imaginations. And, I, you know, and I, and, um, I know uh, it's probably because Brother Hagin ruined us, you know, because he always said he was a stickler for the word. And, uh, in fact, one time the Lord Jesus appeared to him and was talking about devils and demons, about how, how to minister to them. And the Lord made a statement about, um, to the effect that uh, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that, uh, um, uh, well, before that, uh, he had, uh, they were dealing with a demonic presence in the middle of this, this vision, and uh, uh, Jesus wasn't doing anything about this demonic presence. And so, uh, finally, Brother Hagin got frustrated and said, you know, commanded us demon to leave in the name of Jesus, and he left. And then Jesus said these words. He said, if you hadn't done something about that devil, he said, I could not have. Uh, and uh, he's... It threw Brother Hagen for a loop. He said, what do you mean you could not have? Uh, you mean you wouldn't have? He said, no, I couldn't have. Uh, and, uh, and now this was a vision from the Lord Jesus, an open vision with the Lord Jesus, talking to him face to face. Uh, and Brother Hagen said, well, Lord, he said, uh, uh, you're going to have to show that to me in the Word. It doesn't matter if you're saying it to my face. If, if it's not in the Word, I can't accept it. Uh, and um, he said, if there's anything like that in the Word, he said, I don't know about it. That, uh, that I have to do something about the devil and not, uh, not the Lord Jesus. And Jesus, of course, smiled to look at him and said, he said, son, there's a lot of things in there that you don't know. Uh, and by that time, he had read the New Testament through 150 times. He, have you read the New Testament through 150 times? I've read it through many times, but not 150 times. Uh, and then the Lord Jesus went through the scriptures and said, I'll give, you four, I'll give you four scriptures about why that's so. Of course, that's not the message for today. But the point is being stickler for the words. It doesn't matter who says it doesn't matter where it came from if it's an angel if it's lord jesus himself if it can't be backed up by the word of god it doesn't matter it's just gobbledygook you know it's fairy tales and, and pixie dust you know it does it's just not not important i i just i'm not impressed with people's philosophy i'm not impressed with well this is how i live well, i don't care you know uh, i, I want to know what the what, how you live by the word of god because if you live by the word of god i can do that if you're living just by your own philosophy you know i don't what what can i hook up with how, how can i apply faith to that I can't apply faith to your philosophy uh, because there's nothing for me to... My faith has to be grounded upon the Word of God. It can't be grounded in your experiences. Some people are, well, this, it works for me. Well, okay, fine. I can't replicate that if it only works for you because I have no faith. My faith can only be applied to what the Word of God says. My faith can't be applied to, well, it works for you. There's no faith in that. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Amen? The foundation of all faith is, is the Word of God. So... I thank God people have experiences, but, you know, if your experiences uh, and the success of the experiences are not on the Word of God, that's a one-off situation. You can't replicate that. You can't build a foundation on it. You can't build your life upon that. It's, it just happened. It could, be, it could be, you know, we don't believe in luck, but it could have just been, a, uh, you know, a coincidence. It may not have anything to do with the Lord or angels or anything. It could have just happened because all the planets lined up and it worked. Fine, you know, that's great. We thank God sometimes things just work by accident, you know. I call that blind squirrel, you know, faith, right? You don't, you didn't, you, even a blind squirrel can trip up and find an acorn every now and then, right? They didn't do it on purpose. They didn't plan to do it. They just tripped on it and it worked, right? Great, you know, 
blind squirrel faith, well, we, or blind squirrel circumstances, but, but I can't replicate that, right? Uh, I, you know, well, where'd you find that acorn? I was just walking and it happened. Okay, great, I can't replicate that, amen? But if you said, I have a, a the word of God says uh, that by his stripes I was healed, and I said that, and I got healed, okay, then I can replicate that. I can do, I can do that, amen? And, and so, uh, you know, I'm a real stickler for the word of God, amen? I'm, uh, I, I don't like to, uh, you know, there, there's... Uh, there's one phrase people like to use a lot. It's, it's called um, uh, pleading the blood. Anybody ever heard that, that phrase? Plead the blood, you know. It's really popular in our circles, you know. Uh, and, and I have searched the scriptures. You know, I'm a really diligent student. I, I, you know, if you tell me, I'll find it somewhere, right? It does not exist in the Bible. Uh, and, and I remember uh, reading, somebody had a, a book that was reading uh, after them, and they had a chapter called Pleading the Blood in the book. I thought, okay, fine. Somebody's going to finally give me the scriptural foundation for this phrase. They went through a whole chapter, not a single verse, not one verse. It was all, I did it this time and it worked. I did it, you know, when I was traveling and it worked. I did, it was all experience. Great. I can't replicate your experience. Uh, I have no foundation for uh, if it worked for you, it'll work for me. Uh, it's only if it's in the word of God. Amen. Uh, and so just be really careful. Be a stickler for the word. Amen. Don't believe anything anybody says if they can't back it up by the word of God. doesn't matter if it worked a thousand times. It could just be, you know, Pluto got closer to the earth and so it worked, right? I mean, it could have been anything. Uh, we don't know why it worked. And, and I'm not saying it didn't work. I'm just saying I can't replicate it, amen? Thank God that it worked for you, you know? But, but you can't build, uh, you can't build a, uh, a life and doctrine on that, amen? And so uh, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. We'll get started there today. We have been uh, still teaching on the Beatitudes, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking it's getting to be uh, end of July, almost August, and uh, Brother Randy was here with us in March, and he, he of course, he, he did the whole thing in one service, 20 minutes, right? He did the whole beatitude, and we're still on it, right? And we've been on the heart for a month, right, at least. And, and, um, but you got to be anywhere in particular on Sunday morning? Well, no, so uh, it's all right, you know. But, um, uh, but I, I'm thinking, I've I got to get it done because I'm going to be a little embarrassed if I'm still teaching on the same subject when he gets, when he gets here, right? But I'm not going to be under any pressure about it. You know, if he wants to make fun of me, that's fine. Uh, but um, uh, our verse here is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a great verse, right? I, don't you want to see God? I want to see God in everything I do. I want to see God in all my circumstances in life. I want to see God. And he said there's two blessings in it, right? First of all, the general blessing that comes with any obedience to the word of God. But then the specific blessing of if you live in a, with a pure heart, you'll see God. And, you know, a lot of people go through their whole life and they never really see God in their life, even Christians. Never really see God operating in their life. Never really see the blessings of the Lord. Never really see the Lord speaking to them. You know, it's more like fire insurance or life insurance. You know, someday it'll kick in, but between now and then, I, you know, it, it, we're far apart, right? Uh, and a lot of Christians live that way, that their relationship with the Lord is far apart. You know, he's there. I'm going to heaven someday. Between now and then, you know, life. Uh, that, that's, not a good, that's not a good life. That's not days of heaven upon the earth. That's days of heaven when you get to heaven, right? That's, I can only imagine life, amen? Uh, and so I, w- I want to get to where uh, I, can, I can operate in this verse, where I can see God operating in my life. Uh, and so we've talked about several tips. We're not going to go through them all again, but uh, we've talked about several conditions of the heart that a Christian can operate in. So it's not, this is not for the world. This is for the church, right? The one of them we talked about, deceived heart uh, from the uh, book of James. Uh, that's when your, your will, where you choose to hook up with your vain imaginations and your tongue. Just say whatever you say. Well, I just had to say it. That's, that is a deceived heart. 
When you say you have to say it, you know what the, well, you know what the um, uh, everything, I, anytime somebody says, well, I had to do whatever, everything, everything after the words I had to is blah, 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 because you don't have to do anything. You get to choose to do everything you do. Amen. You don't have to do it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to go there. You don't have to do it. You chose to do those things. Amen. I had, you know, they may be mad. No, nobody may be mad. You chose to get mad, right? Uh, and, and so and that, that's Bible, right? Because, you know, the doctrine, uh, and, and, you know, the Lord showed me this phrase many years ago, any doctrine that says you don't have a choice is not correct doctrine. The whole word of God is based upon you choose to believe the word. You choose to do the will of God. You choose to accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Nobody makes you do it. Jesus did all the work to bring salvation to the world and said, it's your choice. You can choose it. And, and so, well, God, you know, a, a loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. He hasn't sent a single person to hell yet. Everybody's been there by their choice, right? Well, I, you know, I should be able to do it how I want to. Well, when you're God, you can choose. You can make the rules. But you're not God. He makes the rules. Amen. Uh, and, and well, you know, and he's loving and kind. I don't know why people so get so bent out of shape about God making the rules. Well, you'd want the, you'd want the most perfect being in the universe to make the rules. Because if I made the rules... You know, then they're not going to they're, they're be towards me, right? I mean, you go to Congress, you see how they make the rules. It's all about them, right? I mean, how many, how many members of Congress go into Congress poor and come out millionaires? Well, why do they do that? Because they're making the rules. Well, that just doesn't seem fair. That's life, right? You know, that's the way it is. And so I could be a millionaire, but I can do it by the, by the Lord's will, not by lying, cheating, stealing. Uh, and so uh, a deceived heart will just say whatever they want to say and think it's okay. Uh, you know, we talked about the, remember my level, right? That was deceived. See, it thought it was perfect. It thought it was perfectly level, but it wasn't level, which is its only job is to be level, but it wasn't level. Well, how would it know? If it's deceived, how would it know? You know, and, and how, how do you know if you're deceived? The only way that you know is the spirit of God will reveal, will reveal it to you and you've got to accept it. But then uh, people that are deceived, I'm not deceived. Of course, you, that's what you would say if you were not deceived, if you were deceived, right? I'm not deceived. You're hundred percent deceived. Because I can look at it and, and compare your life and your sayings and your actions with the Word of God. See, it's not just me judging you. The Word of God is clear. Amen. And so a deceived heart, uh, that's a tough place to be. Now, a Christian can have a deceived heart. If you just, just well, you know, I just say it. You know, I just got to say it. Well, that's a deceived heart, right? Because you don't have to do anything. A doubting heart is when you connect with your intellect. When your will chooses to connect with the intellect, you go, well, you know, the Word of God, there's really no such thing as miracles. You know, I mean, that would be odd and strange. You know, God, there's no miracles. Well, that's you, you thinking you're, you're smarter than you are, right? Some of the smartest world, people in the world are the dumbest people in the world because they explain away God. You know, people that are really, really smart go, well, there has to be a God. I mean, you look at that tree, there has to be a God. You look at that blade of grass, there has to be a God. You know, you think about the earth spinning around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour around the sun every day, 1,000 miles an hour on its axis, uh, and, uh, and, and we, we breathe air, and we live, and we exist. How is it even possible? You know, they, 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 they have no idea how many stars in the sky there are. There's trillions and trillions of stars in the sky but, you know, as many stars in the sky, there's more cells in your body than there are st stars in the sky. It, and it's amazing. And it all works. You get up, you go to work with all your trillion cells. You don't have to go, okay, now cell number one, let's go. Cell number two, let's go. I mean, it'd be exhausting every day. Okay, cells, let's all go, right? If you had to name all your cells, and yet they all work. How is that not a miracle uh, just by itself, amen? 
But see, a doubting heart go, well, you know, I mean, I hadn't seen any miracles, so there obviously aren't any. But you, are you breathing air? That's a miracle right there, right? Uh, and so, I mean, I look at people, it's a miracle that you can live. I mean, you look, how, do you, how in the world do you live alive? You know, that, and so it's a miracle. Uh, and so don't connect your will with your, with your intellect. Because people think they're so smart. You know, some of these, some of these physicists and stuff, they don't, they're, they're ungodly, they don't believe in God. How can you be a physicist and understand how the universe works and not believe that there's a God? Not to believe there's only a single God, right? Well, you know, we think there might be one. Uh, okay, you're getting closer, but you're still dumb as a brick, right? Uh, evil heart of unbelief. Uh, when, when your will just decides, uh, I see the word of God, it ain't so. That's an evil, the Bible calls it an evil heart. Now, that, he said the church can have that. You can look at the word of God, that ain't so. How many people in churches don't believe in healing? And yet, hundreds of scriptures declare that, that I am Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Hundreds of scriptures in the word of God uh, declares I am the Lord who heals you. Yeah, it ain't so. Well, that's, you know, I mean, you're just choosing to not believe that. That's an, and the Bible calls it an evil heart. of That's the only heart that he says evil is when you can look at the word of God and understand what it says. You understand the words and you choose that that's not so. That's tough. Nice thing is you can choose to believe it is so. Anytime today you can just, yesterday you didn't believe it, today you could believe it. I mean, it's, it's really easy to fix an evil heart of unbelief, but he calls it an evil heart. Uh, we talked about a hard heart. When your heart just, just hooks up with your stubborn pride. I ain't changing. I may be wrong, but I'm not changing. And he said that people like that will never enter into rest. They'll never know the rest of God. You know, you can live in rest every day. The, the, the earth could be exploding and on fire. Yeah, I'm good. Jesus, when they, when they were going to the other side, storms, you know, billowing, and uh, he's asleep on the hinder part of the ship. Why? Because he didn't have a, a, a hard heart. Remember, he talked about even the apostles, the great apostles, had a hard heart, right? He upbraided them for the unbelief and the hardness of heart. Uh, and other people, you know, he, he marveled at the, at the hardness of their heart uh, when, when he would heal somebody and they would get mad at him for healing somebody. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I, I helped a little baby. How dare you? What, you know, what's wrong with you? A hard heart can look at the most, the, the, the kindest uh, display of the compassion of the Lord and get mad. That, that's a hard heart right there, right? And a hard heart, the, the Lord can show you the greatest compassion and, and mercy towards you. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I don't want it. That's tough. I mean, that's tough. And, and, and the Lord can't do anything about it. Nothing. Only you can do something about it. Now, he, will, he will reveal to you that you have a hard heart. He will show you. But you have to choose to, to let, that, let that go and not be so stubborn. When he says to change, yes, sir. See, we're, going to get, we're getting into a pure heart. A pure heart, when the Lord says change, a pure heart, oh yeah, no problem. Because the Lord, all the time, uh, uh, all your life, whether you've got a pure heart or a hard heart or a, a heart of unbelief, all of your life, he's going to be going, hey, this area of your life, you need to do better. This thing right here, you need to stop believing that. This thing right here, you don't need to do that. And a pure heart would be like, oh, no, no problem, Lord. A hard heart ain't doing it. It ain't fair. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Well, he's God, right? Uh, and a hard heart just just... I mean, they're just, they're hard, right? Doors slammed in your face, you know? You slam the door in the Lord's face all the time. But, he, but he's long-suffering. He'll come back tomorrow, you know? Now, if you slam your door in my face, it'll be like, I'll come back to you in 27 years, right? Maybe, if I feel like it. Uh, but a hard heart, stubborn. 
you know, stiff-necked, he called them. You know, you ever, you ever had a stiff neck? I mean, we've all had stiff necks. You can't turn, right? It's like, you go, if someone's over here, they go look at them, and you got to change your whole body, right? Hi, you know, that's a stiff neck, right? And you, know, you know, you don't think about it when you, you don't have a stiff neck. You go, hey, how's it going, right? You know, but you got a stiff neck, and, and you can't move, right? And, and uh, it's kind of like, you know, Anne-Marie, she's like, uh, like 18 months pregnant now, and, and I'll just go in front of her and drop a quarter and say, hey, can you get that? <laughs> she can't move, right? She, she's pregnant, right? And so she doesn't think it's as funny as I think it is. But, uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, and now the, all of those are, are conditions that we can all have as, as, a, as a Christian, a child of God. On the way to heaven, you'd go, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. But, but all of these things will hinder your life. All of these things will hinder you seeing God operating in your life. And sometimes in the church, they'll get all of these operating in their life, and they'll never see God operating in their life. They're like, I never see God operating in my life. Well, that tells me everything I need to know about you. So it's not, it's not God's fault. It's not, he's not withholding anything. All of these are a hindrance to him being able to help you. He's not trying to withhold it. He's not punishing you. He's unable to help you because of your, of your, your choices, right? All of these are your choice. All of these are where your will hooks up with something other than the Spirit of God and your spirit. Uh, and you can choose any day of the week to, to do this, right? There's all kinds of sins in the world that say, well, you can't, you know, you were born that way. No, you chose to be that way, right? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just an emotional person. No, you chose to be an emotional person. Uh, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I, I'm just, I, I have anger issues. No, you choose to be angry. It, it's, not, it's not people, you know, the world will tell you you can't just choose. Psychologically, you can't just choose. The Word of God says you can choose anytime you want to. And I would much rather go with the Word of God than a bunch of psychologists, right? And I thank God for the medical industry. I thank God for psychiatrists. And I, I thank God for because they keep people alive. But they're not doctrine, right? They, they, they are one step below the Word of God. Amen? You know, a medical doctor can tell you, hey, take this blood pressure medication. It'll keep you alive. That's great. The Word of God says you don't need blood pressure medication. You can live life free from all sickness and disease. Well, so one's a step above. Amen? You, now, don't throw, go, oh, he told me to throw, I didn't tell you to throw your blood pressure medication away. Don't, if you're taking it, keep taking it, amen? None of my business. But believe God that it does what it's supposed to do, amen? And so all of these are conditions of the heart that we choose to live in. It's your, where your will hooks up with whatever these things are, that will define your, the condition of your heart. And that will define uh, how well you're able to live with God because remember Romans chapter 10 says that with the heart man believeth. With the heart man believeth. So, so if your heart is not pure if it's deceived or doubting or evil or hard. Your ability to operate in faith is constrained. And it may be the constraint where you never operate in faith. Well, you may go through your whole life just stumbling along as best you can until the day you get to go to heaven. Uh, and, and, and that's the unfortunate part of many in the church, that they have lived in all of these or some of these or part of these. Because, you know, all of these are not going to be 100%. Like your deceived heart, you know, you may not be deceived in every area of your life. It may be only in that one area. Your hardness of heart, it may be only in that one area. You know, to, to Aunt Susie. I love everybody except for Aunt Susie, right? I mean, have you met Aunt Susie? She's the worst, right? And, and I just can't get over it. I mean, one day she burned the biscuits and that was it, you know? And she was unkind to my children and, and that was it. And, and so everybody else you love except for Aunt Susie, right? And so that, and the Lord says, you need to love Aunt Susie. I ain't doing it. That's hardness of heart, but it's only with Aunt Susie. So, but that will affect, that will infect the other areas of your life too, right? If you don't, if you don't correct that, it will start to infect and, and cause other problems, amen? Uh, and so, uh, uh, in fact, uh, 
I'll see if I can find the verse here over in, in the book of Hebrews. Um, Hebrews chapter 2, we'll see if we can't find it here. Because uh, <clears throat> these, uh, these things are important, amen? Um, well, I have to find it there. Um, well, it's talking about, uh, talking about uh, the root of bitterness. Um, and the root of bitterness is the root of bitterness is the condition of your heart. And he said that, uh, that don't fail in grace uh, and have a root of bitterness which, which will spring up and defile many. Uh, and so, Chris, you can find that somewhere, right? Uh, but, um, um, and so, uh, see, if you don't correct these things of your heart, they can eventually affect other areas of your life. Amen? And, and look, you don't have to be... Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, yeah. Um, so, Hebrews chapter 12... Yeah, he said in verse 14, follow peace with all men in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you and there, thereby many be defiled. So the, the, that will start to spread, right? And, and really it only starts to spread when the Lord starts dealing with you about it. Because there's a lot of things in your life. You think that uh, uh, the Lord doesn't know every single problem in your life? He knows every problem you've got in your life right now. Every, every wrong thought, every wrong motive, every wrong action. He knows about them all. But he doesn't just come and dump a, a, a dump truck load of all your problems, fix all these things. He typically will work with you one at a time. Uh, and when you get done with one, he's got another one, five, ten more after that. Uh, and that's, that's, that's our life. The, all the rest of our life, getting better every day. Amen. Working to be more like Jesus every day. But the problem comes in when, when he comes to you and says, hey, this area of your life, you need to adjust this. Your words, your actions, your thoughts, whatever, you need to adjust that. And, well, I ain't doing it. See, then that's the problem. That's when it becomes a problem. It's not a problem before because he didn't say anything to you about it a week ago. Even though you've had it for 10 years, he hasn't gotten around to it yet. He's working on other things in your life. But he may come around and say, hey, this, okay, this thing, Aunt Susie, you got to deal with her. I ain't doing it. And then the rest of your life is going to be Aunt Susie, Aunt Susie. Because he may never move past that. And if you're not careful, that, will, that root of bitterness will start to defile other areas of your life. Amen. Uh, and so, so then, then let's turn over to, uh, to Luke chapter 4 then. So, so then there's really just, uh, uh, I want to talk uh, about the pure heart and really how, what that means and how do we live in that. Uh, but there's one more type of heart that we need to look at. Uh, and it talks about this in Luke chapter 4. So this is Jesus right after he came back from the wilderness, right? Remember, he got uh, baptized in the River Jordan by, by John the Baptist. And then, uh, then uh, he was sent in the wilderness for 40 days. And he was tempted of the devil. And he left, the, he left there. And then he went to Jerusalem, or went to Nazareth and started preaching. And he, and he quoted from Isaiah. And he said here in Luke 4, 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. So the Spirit of God has come upon Jesus to anoint him to do things. And he gives him the list of things that he, that he was anointed to do. That by the power of God, by the presence of God, this is what he was anointed to do. Uh, to preach the gospel to the poor. Did Jesus ever preach the gospel to the poor? He did lots of times, right? He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We'll talk about that in a minute. To preach deliverance to the captives. Did he ever deliver anybody? Uh, a recovering of sight to the blind. Did he heal any blind? Set at liberty them that are bruised. Did he, did he uh, also deliver other people that are bruised? and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. We saw Jesus do all of these things. But then right in the middle of it, he says to, to heal the brokenhearted. And, and I was meditating on the scripture years ago. 
And I started asking, Lord, when did you ever heal the brokenhearted? Did you ever have, you know, a, a, a counseling session, you know, a, a therapy session, anything like that? You know, uh, did we ever see Jesus do anything like that? You know, the, the doctor's now in, right? The meter starts running. And, uh, no, there was never anything like that in Jesus' ministry. And yet he said he came to do this. So did he ever do this? Well, he surely did that, right? Uh, and so uh, we need to talk about what, what does it mean to have a broken heart? So Jesus said he, came, he was anointed to heal the broken heart. Anybody know that's got a, you know anybody that's got a broken heart? Do you have a broken heart in your own life? You know, again, the, the, these conditions of the heart are not in every area of your life. It may be only in one circumstance, in one situation. Uh, now, it could be in all areas, but it could be in, in um, it, it may just be in one area, right? Uh, and so we need to look at, you know, what does it mean uh, to have a broken heart? Uh, and so I wrote down some definitions uh, one, the di dictionary definition of broken heart is devastating sorrow and despair. Uh, you know anybody that's, that's involved in devastating sorrow and despair? Uh, but that's not really, uh, we're going to look at some, some, some uh, natural definitions, but that's not really the, the, the root of what it means to have a broken heart. These are the symptoms that you've got a broken heart, and the, these are the symptoms that appear when you do have a broken heart. So if, you, if you're in the middle of devastating sorrow and despair, that's not really, from what we've studied about the heart, that's, not, that's just a symptom, amen? So, you know, broken heart, if something is broken, uh, what's, its, what's its biggest problem? It doesn't work, right? It's broken, right? And, and so, uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, if you're like me, it's broken, and you put it on a shelf, I'm going to fix it someday, right? And it sits there for another 10 years, right? Someday I'm going to fix that, right? I've got a, I've got a pressure washer at home. Someday I'm going to fix it. Because all, all it's missing is just one little piece. And I know I could fix it if I would just take the time to do it. But it's still there. It's been there for I don't know how many years now, right? It's got an inch of dust on it now. And, but someday it'll be fixed, right? Because it's broken. So, you know, when it's broken, how, how, much, how much use is it to me? It's of no value to me, right? So broken heart, you know, you can't get your will hooked up with your spirit. See, that's, that's the root, that's root issue is I need to have my will hooked up with my spirit but because of this devastating sorrow and despair, I just can't seem to get connected with my, with my spirit man. I just, because of whatever caused this thing. Now, the cause of broken hearts, you know, it's usually some, because it, a broken heart is when, you, is when your emotions are causing problems between your will and your spirit. That you can't seem to get your will hooked up with your spirit man because of your emotions. And, and are emotions real? They are very real. Who gave you your emotions? The Lord gave us emotions, right? And of course, you know, sometimes men were not allowed by law to express any emotions, right? We're going to be, I'm the man, right? I'm not, I, can't, I can't be happy, can't smile, can't, you know, I'm just a man, right? Uh, and how is, what's wrong with you, you know? It's okay to smile, right? Oh, I can't smile, you know, uh, whatever, you know. Uh, and it's okay to laugh, and, uh, and um, sometimes I wonder about people, right? Because the Lord gave you emotions, amen? Uh, and so nothing wrong with expressing emotions, you know. Now, uh, the whole point of everything is because we talked about our emotions are part of our soulless man, right? Our mind, our will, and emotions are part of our soul. So everything should be the, the most important aspect of your life is your spirit man. And if your spirit man is, is the strongest part of your life, everything should be under your spirit man. So your emotions should answer to your spirit. And so if your spirit man uh, says, you know, don't express that emotion or don't allow that emotion to run your life, then your emotions, yes, sir, I'll be glad. 
But what happens is your emotions get so big and they're devastating and they're all-encompassing, they override your spirit man. And you just can't hear from your spirit man. And that's a real big problem with the church is when you can't hear your spirit man. You remember we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that says, there are many voices in the world and none without signification. See, your emotions have a voice. And you're, especially in the, in the situation of a broken heart, you know, it's why me? Why, why, why am I suffering this? Why did this happen to me? Why, you know, and, and, and they're, they're, they're huge and they're big and they're, they're difficult to overcome. And, and many times we don't realize I can choose not to have those emotions. I can choose by my will and by my spirit to tell my emotions to be in line. That yes, sorrow is real. Grief is real. But they don't have to run your life. And sometimes we think, well, if they're real, I can't do anything about them. That's not true. Not according to the word of God. You can choose to put your emotions in check anytime you want to. Now, it, you have to train yourself to be that way, right? And I told you just about another emotion. You know, I told you, you know, I grew up uh, angry, fighting all the time, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, just just kind of, well, I say it's normal, but then normal means there's other people like me. It doesn't mean, you know, I people, meet people like Nancy, you know, she never fought in her life. You know, you never had a fist fight? You never had a bloody nose and never had a black eye? No, you know, wow. See, to me, that's not even normal, right? You know, how, is that, how is that normal? Uh, but that's okay, right? It's okay to live that way. Uh, uh, my kids grew up that way, uh, but I didn't grow up that way. Uh, and so, so I was, I was at home one day, and I was mad at Chris about something, and and, um, uh, and I was, the way I was raised is when you get mad about something, especially if it's something really, really big, like she burned the biscuits or something. And so now, now it's on, right? I mean, now I'm mad, but for days, right? And how dare you burn the biscuits? You know, what's wrong with you, right? Uh, and so, uh, but I was getting ready to go to work one day, still mad. You know, it's been, been happened like maybe 24 hours, you know. Now it's getting better. You know, it gets better after a while. Eventually it'll, it'll dissolve and fade away. Uh, even if she doesn't straighten up, right? It, you know, eventually you quit being mad because, you know, you can't live that way. And so, well, but I was getting ready to go to work and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you can quit being mad anytime you want to. And he said those words and, and it was like, it just, it, it was like revelation to me. I mean, I can choose. I can choose just to not to be mad. Yeah, just like I chose to get mad because we say, well, you may be mad, which is not true. I chose to get mad. Just like I chose to, I could choose not to be mad. You mean you could just choose? Yeah, you just choose anytime you want. Just choose, just, just like that. And just like that, I was not, not mad anymore. And the Lord just showed me I can just choose how I live. I can choose to live in this or I can choose not to live in this. Uh, and it's the same thing with a broken heart. But, you know, those emotions that cause a broken heart, the devastating despair and sorrow are so big. You know, something major happens, right? You know, uh, a death of a loved one. Uh, you know, no parent should ever have to bury a child. But, but how many parents have buried children? And the devastating sorrow that can overwhelm us will cause a broken heart. And, and, and many times, people will live in that all the days of their life. And they'll never find a way past that. And I've dealt with, uh, I've dealt with parents who have lost children. And I've encouraged them, you know, I said, look, it's real. You know, it's, it's, uh, this should never happen. You should never have to do this. And I've buried several children for, for, for parents. Yeah, and, and it's tough. I mean, it's you know, uh, fortunately, the Christians, if they're Christians, at least there's some hope there, but it's still devastating. Amen. It's devastating sorrow and despair. Uh, and, you know, I, what I encourage them is, is, you know, grieve, uh, 
for the loss of your child, but allow that grief to turn into the joy of the memories that you had with them. And see, and that, that should be a normal healing process. That should be a normal, you know, the grief of the, because you, you can't change the, the loss of them, right? You can't change that. So you replace that grief with just, well, I remember when they were, you know, four years old, we did this. I remember, you know, and, and that's joy, right? And it's the same thing when you lose a regular loved one, not necessarily a child, but just a, a spouse or a friend or, you know, a father, a parent or something. You can replace the, the grief of that sorrow of missing them, of losing them with the memories of what they've done. And that's, that's one way that you can get back to, you know, having a normal life, even though you're separated from them for a time, for a time until you join up with them in heaven. Uh, and, and, and so I said, let that happen. I said, but what you don't want to do is build an altar right here at the death of this person and live at that death of that person because all you're doing is celebrating their death. And that's a, that's a shame to the person that you, that's gone. Uh, and now some people can do that. Some people will never do that. Uh, that. That event happens and they will stay right there for the rest of their life. That devastating. And, and so that, that area of their life that's broken Right, where their emotions are stronger than their spirit man, they will never have faith anymore in that area of life for whatever reason. You know, they just choose to live in that grief and the sorrow, never knowing that their spirit man can, can rejoice in the Lord tomorrow and be okay. And it's not that you're unfeeling or uncaring. You know, death is unfortunately part of life right now. We don't, we don't, we don't belittle it. We don't, we don't make light of it. But we can move past it. Amen? Uh, and, and, you know, I've lost plenty of loved ones. You know, you know I'm an orphan, right? Uh, but I don't, I don't dwell on the, the fact that I'm an orphan. And, and uh, to me, you know, sometimes I, I wonder about, you know, I, I would have loved for my kids to know my parents. I would have loved my wife. She didn't met, never met my parents. They were, they were gone long before we met. And I think about, you know, we've been married for 32 years. She's never known my parents. And, and uh, it's just, to me, that's just amazing that she's never known my parents. Uh, and, but I don't, I don't dwell on it. You know, I don't, I, it's not part of my emotional yeah, sorrow or grief. It's not there because I can't change it, and, and my spirit man runs my life, and uh, and you know I acknowledge that they're gone. I acknowledge that the 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 the, the separation there that I don't get to see them, but it doesn't run my life. <clears throat> and so, you know, broken heart uh, w- will allow your emotion to be so big that they overwhelm your spirit, uh, and and that, that's a tough place to be. Because you, sometimes you even want to. You want to get back to having a normal life. But your emotions are so big, and so you don't know how. Uh, and you can't really do it on your own. You do it by the grace of God. You do it by the Spirit of God. You do it by, by getting back. And we're going to talk a little bit about, about how, how to uh, get back to that point. Uh, uh, and just uh, from what the Word of God says. Uh, and so, but, but see, Jesus said he came to heal the brokenhearted. He said he was anointed to do that. And so if Jesus healed something, is there any scars? Any wounds? Any, you know, oh, I'll never trust anybody again. Well, that's a broken heart. But Jesus can heal that. You know, I, I can trust anybody. Now, if you do me wrong, I can't trust you. And I may never be able to trust you. But that's on you, not on me. Amen. But see, people, somebody will do somebody wrong. And say, I can't ever trust anybody. Well, that's you. Because you haven't met me yet. I'm trustworthy. You know, I won't steal your milk money. I won't, you know, uh, I, I won't uh, say bad things about you, you know, uh, you know, like maybe to your face, but, uh, you know, I'm going to gossip about you, not going to, you know, undermine you. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm trustworthy. But people say, I, I can't trust anybody. Well, see, that's a broken heart because you're allowing your emotions to, to dictate your life. 
Uh, and I'm not going to allow my emotion to do I make no laws. You do me wrong, fine. You know, I mean, I'll just move on, right? Uh, there are other people in the world besides you. Uh, but I'm not going to make a law that says I can never trust anybody. I can never lie. I can never love anybody again. Every time I love somebody, they, they do me wrong. That's a broken heart right there, right? Because first of all, you haven't met everybody, have you? Uh, and so, you know, I know, um, <laughs> I know when Chris and I first started dating uh, in college, she said, I'm never getting married, which kind of wondered what the whole point of dating, right? I mean, you're never going to get married, right? What's the point? And, and so, uh, and, and, and so um, we had to work on that, right? Uh, and and we, we were successful in overcoming that, right? Uh, and so it, it turned out all right. Uh, but see, she'd already decided, I'm never, I'm never getting married. Well, that's a broken heart. Uh, amen. Her emotions of whatever she's experienced and observed in her life uh, allowed her to come to that decision and, and not listen to her spirit man, right? Uh, but listen to her, her emotions. Uh, and so devastating sorrow and despair. But Jesus came to heal that. If Jesus healed it, how many scars are there? Uh, people all the time love to, oh, I'm just so scarred. I got so many battle wounds. Oh, you know, Jerry gets a text. How go with the battle, Jerry? How go with the battle? Good. How's yours going? I'm the victor, right? I mean, you know, but people love, people love to amp up with the emotion. Oh, it's so hard. Isn't it hard being a Christian? Oh, it's so hard. What are they doing? See, they're, they're living in a, where their emotions are greater than their spirit man. Easiest thing in the world to be a Christian, right? Battle, I won them all, right? You want to fight against me? You've already lost. I mean, you want to bring it to me? You've already lost. You know, you can lose now or you can lose tomorrow, but you're going to lose. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to win because I'm always, you see, even if you get one over on me, I'm still good. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you took advantage of me, I'm still good. I, you know, they took advantage of me. I'm never, I'm never trusting anybody again. You take advantage of me, the Lord will, the Lord will cover it. He'll cover all my losses. Right. Amen. He'll, and, and he'll not only cover my losses, he'll probably cover some years because I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm good all the time. Amen? Uh, now, now, look, this is real, right? Uh, healing a broken heart is one of the hardest things people will, will, because we're so trained to, if our emotions are there, we've just got to go with the emotions. It's just like a bus. You're just a passenger on a bus, and wherever that bus takes you, that's where you're going. If it's mad, you've got to kick a, kick a hole in the wall. You've got to kick a hole in the wall. And, and you know, we, we've had some rental property over the years, and it's the most amazing thing. It's like, how did a hole get in that wall? We found holes in floors. How did a hole get in a floor, right? I mean, did you just stomp the floor? You know, how did that even happen? I want to I rewind, and I want to be there. When I, okay, well, show me how. Why'd you do that? That's, what's, what's wrong with you, right? Doors and floors and, I mean, ceilings and kitchen cabinets and doors ripped off kitchen cabinets. What's wrong with people? Well, they just, see, their emotions just run their whole life. And they have no concept of, of life where their emotions don't run everything. And see, they're completely broken in their emotions. Their emotions are completely broken, and that runs everything. But there's also, you know, when Jesus was talking about this, this, this specific uh, uh, word here, where the brokenhearted is the devastating sorrow and, and despair, right? Where uh, some event happened. Somebody, uh, you know, you ever, you ever had somebody just that you love dearly, uh, and you thought so much about, and you find out that they've been stabbing you in the back all this time. And, and, uh, and the, the emotions of that, uh, of being um, betrayed, can be overwhelming sometimes. Right? Uh, somebody that you, that, you, that you thought was your friend, and, and, and that just stabbed you in the back, and, and, you, and you'll never be the same again. 
Now, you don't have to be that way, but that's the way people will live. I'll never be the same again. Well, just get over it. There's other people that you can be friends with, right? Uh, you know, but I'll, I'll never get over it. People say things like, I'll never get over it. That's a broken heart. But, and it's a, it's, a, it's a sad place to be, right? Now, you know, part, part of this, when I got studying this, I started studying this probably 20 years ago or so, about the heart and the condition of the heart. Because at that time, you know, you know the stories of, of when I was with my pastor. And, and uh, so we're going we're gonna to tell a story about this because this is, this is how I learned to overcome it. Uh, so in 1988, I was praying. The Lord gave me a list of things to do. I've been praying about what to do in my life. And, you know, just things were going good, but I wasn't really happy. And he said, well, do these things. He gave me a list. I need to uh, resign from my job, go back to school, marry Chris, sell my car, whole list of things, right? Uh, and the last thing he told me to do was go back to the church that I was with uh, when I went to college. Um, and he said, to go with the, specifically that pastor, he said, there are things that, that he needs to teach you. Now, the Lord is smart because he didn't say there's a lot of good things and a lot of bad things you got to teach you. He didn't say that part. He just said there's things, right? And he didn't, he's not required to tell me anything more than he wants to tell me, right? Because if he told me there's a lot of bad things, a lot of good things he's going to teach you, I'd be like, well, I'm not sure I want to do that or not. And I thought a lot of good things, a lot of things he's going to teach you. I thought they were only wonderful, happy, you know, fairy tale things. No, they weren't. They were, they were a lot of wonderful things. You know, he loved the Spirit of God. He loved the Word of God. But uh, he was not a man to, to cross, you know, and he had a lot of other problems to deal with. And, and, um, and so we had days of heaven on earth at the church for years. Uh, you know, we got married there. He married us there in 1989 uh, there at the church. And for years, it was wonderful, uh, awesome. But I started observing that, you know, it seemed like anybody who kind of grew up in the church and after a while, you know, became spiritually mature, that the pastor would end up shooting them somehow, you know, bury them in the backyard and stand up and saying things about them and, and then they would leave the church. And, and I remember talking to the Lord. So, Lord, I, you know, it seems like everybody that ever comes around here, been around here for a while, ends up getting on the bad list. And I said, I don't want to be on the bad list. But I knew in my heart, someday I'm going to get on the bad list. And I had no intention to get there. I didn't want to be there. I, I didn't know how to not to be there. Uh, and, and so I, we talked, uh, I think, a Wednesday night about one of the situations where he'd asked me to do some, some financial review of the church and there were some problems and I dealt with it and I told him about it that he'd asked me to look into and from that point on, he just, he was mad at me. And, but it wasn't just that, it was other things too. And from that point on, that was about 2000, you know, early, uh, maybe a little bit before that, uh, 1998, something like that. And, and from that point on, just, just it, it was just uh, days of hell on the earth. And he would stand up in the pulpit and say, you know, Chip Bolio was trying to take over this church. He'd say that from the pulpit. Who in here thinks Chip Bolio thinks he's better than anybody else? He would take a poll. Uh, things like that, you know, from the pulpit. Why would you go to church there? Because the Lord told me to go to church there. And he never told me to leave. Well, I would have left. Well, you know, that's between you and the Lord. If the Lord tells me to go do something, you know, uh, uh, I may not be perfect about a lot of things, but when he tells me to do it, I've got to do it. And, and I'm compelled to do it. I, and I, now look, I asked him to leave many times. But uh, I couldn't leave. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, later on I found out it's because he wanted me there to help them. And I, unfortunately, I was never able to help them, but, but he loves them enough to give them a shot anyway. And so, so for years, just overwhelming thoughts in my life. Just, why are they doing this to me? I only ever wanted to help. My I never wanted to take anything from him. The Lord sent me there to help him. I would spend hours helping him, doing things behind the scenes and writing computer programs and 
making books and tapes for him and, and just, you know, helping him at his house and helping him at his church. Every time there was a work, I was there. And Chris was too. We were there. Ran the sound for him. They treated me like dirt, but they ran the sound for him, you know, and, and, and did good at it. You know, when I started running sound, there's feedback and bad sound and you couldn't hear anything. And, and I, I didn't know anything about the sound. I read books and, and studied and, and trained myself how to run sound and spent hours, countless hours, figuring it out and did it for him. And then, and then he starts talking bad about me from the pulpit. Only ever did that help. Never had any designs to do anything other than help him. And so when, you're, when your heart's in it, now look, if you're like stealing from the church and he says something bad about you, okay, well, you know, two wrongs will make it right, but you know, at least he's got something on you. He never had anything on me. And Jerry was there the whole time, right? Uh, ever do anything, Jerry, to, to subvert the ministry or take over or to do anything? Never. And he'd stand up and say the worst things about me and then talk about me, whisper about me, you know, uh, to other people, gossip about me. Uh, and, and just you know, every day, and then allow the people in the, in the, in the praise worship team to, to just treat me bad and have, uh, they, they went and took photographs, color photographs, printed out like 24 photographs, and, and they took them to the sound booth. They said, we've taken these pictures because we know you're coming during the week and sabotaging the sound booth, soundboard, so that you can fix it on Sunday and look like a hero. That's stupid, right? What, what does that even mean? But they, would, they did that. They, took, they had a folder, like an FBI folder, of photographs of the sound booth to, to prove that I was sneaking up there during the week would well, just take my key from me, right? If I was really doing and who would do, anybody do stuff like Who does stuff like that? Nobody does stuff like that, right? But that's how messed up they were. They thought they were accusing me of every manner of evil that you could possibly imagine. And I didn't do any of it. One, one person eventually uh, left the church and they sent us an email and said, we know, I know that, that, uh, that uh, uh, you would intentionally not mix my sound right for me not true but see why did she say that because she believed it somebody told her that how would she know how would she know that's true did, did, was she there did she was looking over and go well you know you set the mid-range a little low on that one right there you know and your reverb is just not, not right which how would she know she wouldn't know if i do that or right or not uh, and so for years this went on for years and, and look my heart i have a very simple mind i want to serve wherever i can and that's it. That's, I don't have any designs. I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not ambitious. I'm not trying to get ahead. I'm not trying to jockey for position. I, I just want, Lord, I want to help. And that's all I ever want to do with my pastor. And he started, And so just the overwhelming, every day I'd get up. Why is he doing this to me? Why won't he fix it? And Lord, Lord why, won't he, why won't he work with me? Because I'd go to his office time and time again. Pastor, can we work this out? Oh, there's no problem. One time I said, are we good? Yeah, we're good. And that was like on a Wednesday night, right before church. He got up at that church, that service. He said, Chip Bowley's trying to take over this church. Five minutes before, he said, we're good. Now he's accusing me publicly of trying to take over. Uh, can we go back to with the office, right, where you said everything was good? That's not good. Uh, and just, I mean, so many things like that. Just manipulation and all kinds of things, right? Just, I mean, just, it was just unbelievable. Over the top. Just thing I could go on and on for, for a long time. Way longer than we should, right? Uh, and this was my life. And every day I'd get up. I mean, the, the thoughts and the emotions would bombard my thoughts. Why is he doing this to me? Lord, I just want to serve. I'm not trying to do anything. Uh, you know, and I could have left the church, but then what's the point? I would still have all those emotions, all that anger, all that bitterness of what he had done to me. I'd have just taken it with me. So my God, Lord, I've got to figure this out. And, and, 
Uh, and and this, is, this is where I got to, to these verses. And I got to Matthew 5, 8. It was, was the answer. Uh, and so, so I know what it's like to have a broken heart. I know what it's like that when your emotions are so big and so, so overwhelming. Now, it wasn't because of a death of a loved one. It wasn't the death of, uh, of you know, or betrayal. It was sort of a betrayal in a sense. But it was just, it was the, the, the injustice of being accused of every manner of evil. And I hadn't done a single thing, not one thing. That they could, that any court of law would ever, uh, even a court of the Lord Jesus. In fact, one time the Lord gave me a, a vision, and it was a court setting, and up it was it was all dark, uh, and the, the the Father God was the judge, and it was me as the defense, right? I, I mean, I was the accused, uh, and then over there was the accuser, and there was it was just kind of a, a generic person, but my attorney was the Lord Jesus. And the Lord, the Lord showed me that, he, and he said, uh, he said, your, your, um, your lawyer got you off. And, but the whole point of the thing, the whole point of the vision was that, that uh, my attorney, the Lord Jesus, has proven my innocence. In fact, and the Lord said, everything that's been on you is going to go on them. And people suffered after that, and that's a different discussion there. But, it, but that vision helped me. You know, I saw, I saw the Lord, because I, I could stand before the Lord with a, with a pure heart and say, Lord, I didn't do any of those things. I, I was not guilty of any of those things. Not one. At all, at all. Not trying to take over anything. Nothing. And yet for years. And so every day. And I got to be a zombie just, just going through life. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I, I mean, I'd go to work. I'd go home. You know, I had kids, but I just didn't know what to do. Just, and so you just kind of shut down emotionally. You're just overwhelmed emotionally with these things. <clears throat> and so talking to the Lord <clears throat> about it, um, the Lord said, well, your problem is you're, you, you think that if you can get this resolved with, with uh, people, that you'll be okay. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, isn't that how you get over things, right? You get them resolved with people. But the Lord showed me, you know, uh, you need to have the right heart regardless of whether they do or not. And he said, he said, your answer is found in the word of God. But that's all he gave me. Your answer is found in the word of God. Because I thought my answer was getting this resolved between me and my pastor, right? And Chris, you'd say, well, just, you could just do fight it. Just fight it out and get it over with, right? Just fight it out between the two of you. Well, the problem is he had a black belt in karate. And I had 11, you know, I'm the youngest of 11. I had a lot of combat training, but not a black belt in karate, right? I mean, he could probably kill me three ways without me even knowing it. And so uh, just fight it out. Because, you know, the thing about me is, is I'm going to do right to the best of my ability, and, and I just can't yield. You want me to yield to something that's sin? I can't do it. And they wanted me to yield, to say that everything they accused me of doing, I did it. I, I just, it wasn't pride. It was just, I'm not doing that. It's, I just, it's wrong. I'm not doing it. And so I just I couldn't yield. Now, I would try to resolve it. I'd try to work with them. But, but to yield to that and say that everything you say about me is right, and, and no, I, I can't do that because that would violate the word of God. It would violate my conscience. It would violate the spirit of God. I, I can't do it. But every day, those emotions just, I mean, I, I just, you can't imagine. In, in fact, I thought one day I would just, I would, Lord, I'm just going to go, if I don't get this, I will go crazy. I will go insane because the thoughts were so overwhelming, right? Devastating sorrow and despair. I know what it's like to have a broken heart. I know it's like when your emotions are so big, you, everything is about feeding those emotions. Uh, and the Lord said, your answer is in the word of God. 
And so I, somewhere along the way, the Lord led me to Matthew 5, 8. The pure in heart shall see God. Now, here, here's the thing. They did all that to me, right? They said all those things to me. They did those things against me. I'm the one with a broken heart. I'm the one with a heart that's not right with God. Uh, and he said, your heart is not right. Now, it doesn't mean that I was, uh, that I was guilty of, of harming anybody else. But I allowed their, emo- I allowed their accusations and their, their actions to cause my heart to be broken. So <clears throat> I had to find a way. If they never changed, I had to be okay. Now that's where you can get to where a healed broken heart, right? That's where he can heal the broken heart. And so uh, he took me to Matthew 5, 8. A pure in heart shall see God. And he said, your problem is the condition of your heart. Which is completely unfair. Because I thought my problem is them. And, that, and haven't we all done that? Well, the reason I'm so mad is you. No, the reason you're so mad is you. The reason you're so mad is because you allowed what they said to change your emotions. Uh, and when you get your emotions under your spirit man, see, then they can say whatever they want to and it doesn't change your emotions. See, that's when, that's when you are impervious to be offended, right? Uh, and that's, that's the right way to be. That doesn't mean that you don't have emotions. That means that when your emotions start to rise up, your spirit man goes, shut up. Get back in your hole. Go back to where you're supposed to be, right? You control your emotions. It's not that by, the, by your sheer willpower, it's by your spirit man. That, that emotion coming up, look, no, that's not the right emotion. I'm not having that one. Your spirit man will know that that, that righteous anger, yeah, let it use you, right? Flip up the tables in the, in the, of the money changers in the temple, let it use you, no problem. But that emotion over there about being hurt and wounded and all that stuff, your spirit man may go like, no, you, you can't do that. So, so how, did I, how, did I, how did I fix it? How did, how did I fix it? Well, Jesus said he, came to, he, he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, but he wasn't there. He couldn't lay hands on me, right? Now, you could lay hands on that, and, and he's anointed to do that, right? We're anointed to do that. Uh, if Jesus was anointed to do that, we're anointed to do that. But, but my path wasn't that way. My path was I had to do it by faith. I had to find it by faith. And so he said, <clears throat> that verse right there, your problem is the condition of your heart. Doesn't matter that it was due to their guilt. Doesn't matter that they, they're the ones who started it. Doesn't matter what they, that they said those things that were unfair, untrue, not, you know, unkind, whatever. Doesn't matter. What matters is my heart was wrong. And so all I knew, is I, what I knew though is the word of God always works. When I got saved in high school, uh, the word of God, me and the word of God, we were best buddies. And I've always been good friends with the word of God. Love the word of God. And, and I know that the word of God will always work. Always work. Nobody may be around to lay hands on you. You can't help that, right? The Word of God always works. So I got up every day in the middle of all the emotions, every day, thought life bombarding my thought life. Just, just I mean, just like I said, it was insane. Just the amount of emotions and thoughts. Just I would work, you know. And, you know, you know how you do that, right? You're working on the computer. You're working with your hands or whatever. But at the same time, those thoughts are just moving, right? It's just it's churning over and over and over. Those thoughts and emotions just... They're there with you all the time. Uh, and so I'd get up every day, every single day. Lord, I thank you that I've got a pure heart. That was, my, that was the only faith I had. And I knew what I did. See, I didn't know how long it would take. But what I knew is it will work. It will work. I don't know how long it'll take, but it will work. And I will get to where this situation is fixed. Every day, Lord, uh, I thank you've got a pure heart. And they would, I'd go to church. And it would scream at me. Get my face. You're just screaming at me, right? 
uh, they had a, remember they had a, had a secret meeting. Well, it wasn't a secret meeting, but we're going to have a meeting. Uh, and this was after the Lord showed me this. We're going to have a meeting, <clears throat> a, a special meeting. And I knew my spirit, man, this meeting is, is all about me. This meeting, is, they're going to attack me at this meeting. And in fact, I told you about that, right? Uh, this meeting, uh, the Lord said this meeting is, is there, they're, they're going to attack me. And you didn't even believe it, right? You, uh, and so <laughs> you weren't there, right? Uh, you didn't hear what the Lord said to me. <clears throat> well, we got the church, and the whole point of the meeting was Chip Butler is terrible at running sound. And he's just doing it for his own purpose, his own, his own goal. He doesn't care anything about it, but, but just doing it for himself. The whole meeting was about that. Can you imagine having a church meeting like that? At church, right? We will never have a meeting like that, by the way. Never. I mean, Lord Jesus, the whole earth will burn down before we have a meeting like that. Uh, but the whole meeting was about that. For everybody to say how bad at running sound I was. It's like, well, just fire me. If you think I'm really that bad, just fire me. But they would let me quit. It's like, you're, you're, you all are crazy. Somebody's crazy in this room, and it ain't me. And you're all crazy. But that's isn't that crazy? Have a meeting like that? And the whole thing is screaming. They got me screaming at me. And then it, the, this one would say something bad about me. And this one would say something bad about me. And this one, all, you know, we had 20 people in the praise room. You know how long it takes for 20 people to tell you how sorry you are at one at a time? It takes a long time. We were there for hours <clears throat> telling me how sorry of a sound man I was. Now, this is, this is after the Lord showed me that now, the next day, Lord, I thank you you got a pure heart. I thank you that I've got a pure heart. I can't fix them. I can fix me. And the wonderful thing, I love this, what I love about the Word of God more than I can fix me. No matter what you do or say, I can fix me. No matter what happens, if the world explodes, I can be okay. And, and I don't know how long it's going to take. Every day, my faith was, it will work. I call those things would be not as though they were. I have a pure heart. Lord, I thank you, God, a pure heart. The Romans 4, 17 that we read this morning. Lord, I thank you. I didn't have a pure heart. I had a broken heart. Broken heart. And nobody could help me. My pastor who was there to help me could not help me. He would not help me. In fact, I told him, you're going to have to help me. He got offended because I told him, you've got to help me. That's his only job in life is to help me. My job, only job in life is to help you all. And if you come and say, you've got to help me, why would I be offended at that? my very job, right? Uh, you've got to do your job. How dare you tell me you've got to do my job? I could do my job. Every day, Lord, I, I thank you. You've got a pure heart. And you know, the thing is, I, years I was involved in, years, my this thoughts were overwhelming. And it's about three months, three months in, praying every day. Lord, I thank you, a pure heart. I woke up one day, and those thoughts did, were not consuming my entire life. And, and it, was just, it was just like somebody just let the air out of, out, out of a, a pressure vessel. Just all that, uh, all that broken heart, it just left, just like an air. Just and it wasn't like an instant. It wasn't overnight. It was over months. But then once I got to that point, see, once my heart was, was healed according to the word of God, see, then my spirit man and my will could stay together. Then, see, at that, that point, then when they tried to say things against me, and they did. <clears throat> man, I'm good. See, from that point on, they, could, they never had anything on me. Uh, they'd say things like me, man, I'm good. They'd, they'd accuse me of all manner of evil, man, I'm good. I'm good. And then, see, then they thought I was crazy. Nothing we say hurts your feelings. No. Jesus loves me. I'm on my way to heaven. You said I did that? Pfft, whatever. Janet, you know. Uh, and so it just, they'd call me one time. I was in France. Hey, why, why'd you mess up the sound system? I'm in France. How can I possibly mess up the sound system, right? Well, you would if you were here. They never did apologize for lying. And so, uh, but see, Matthew 5 8, that's why I love Matthew 5 8. That's why we're, this whole thing is here. Lord, I have a pure heart. See, once, once my emotions 
got back where they're supposed to be there because they were still there. I didn't like it. I didn't like that they were lying on me. You don't have to like it. That's weird, right? I didn't like it. They were accusing me of all manner of evil. But uh, see, when those thoughts of hurt would try to rise up, my spirit ran and go, no, God loves me. I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, you can't do anything about uh, You can't do anything against me. And so I just started moving forward. I, see, I, had st- I got stuck right there in that brokenhearted situation. Years, stuck. Stuck at home, stuck at work, stuck in my emotions. I was stuck. But once they did, I started moving on. Lord, just reading the Word of God, enjoying the Word of God, enjoying the presence of God. Uh, and even today, some of them are still mad at me. Some, I still see some of them every now and then. They won't even look at me, some of them. I didn't even, didn't ever do anything to them. But I'm still like, you know, we hate you, you know. You know. They, said my, they even said, this church is an unclean church, unclean church you know. Whatever. It's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, what do you mean unclean? I mean, we got cleaning lady. We pay people to come clean the church. You know, I mean, you know, it's the cleanest church you'll ever be in. Uh, and so I know what they're talking about, you know, but it's still stupid. Uh, and so, so, so how do you do that? Well, number one, you've got to recognize you've got a broken heart where your emotions are so devastating, so overwhelming that you just can't find a way to get connected with the spirit of God. Uh, but you can do it one of two ways. Number one, and, and the Lord uh, told me today, we're going to pray for folks here in just a minute, because Jesus said he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. So if he's anointed to heal the brokenhearted, then I can be anointed to heal the brokenhearted. And so we can help you by faith, by the anointing of the power of God to lay hands on you and get your spirit man back to where it's supposed to be, and get your emotions back to where it's supposed to be, and get that brokenhearted healed. And so, so, you know, if you just saw me at Walmart, you wouldn't know what I ever went through. You wouldn't know that I suffered with this for years at church, because I'm healed. See, I don't have emotional scars and wounds and battle wounds. Oh, you know, you just, oh, I'm just making it the best I can, you know. No, it happened. It was uh, obscenely horrible. But I'm good. And they ain't got nothing on me, right? In fact, we had, we had a friend of ours come, come to our church one time, and he, he had gone through the same uh, 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 grinding millstone situation that I did, but he left the church wounded. And so many people left the church wounded. And in tears, he said, I, I, he said, you and Chris, he said, you look at you and nobody could ever tell you went through anything. In tears, because he, he said, I know. He said, I went through the same thing. He said, I, was, I failed at it and still can't get over it. He said, you all just come through it with, with uh, flying color, so to speak. Well, it's not us coming. It's, it's the Lord healing us, right? See, and all he did was heal my broken heart, which means I, I now have the ability for my spirit man and my will to stay together and no matter what anybody says, see, now the nice thing about, about having walked through that is it's impossible to offend me now. You want to say something bad about me? Whatever, you know. You don't tell me I'm the, I had somebody tell me I'm the worst pastor ever. At this church, worst pastor ever. Whatever. You're wrong. I'm a wonderful pastor, you know. I, you know I'm the best pastor of, that, of this church. Uh, amen. Uh, and so... <clears throat> Uh, but people, you know, even now they still, they, people, and, and so now it's kind of a joke, a running joke between me and Chris. People say things against us. We say, you're such an amateur. Come back when you got a better game. You know, you're, you're, you're a failure at an at a offensive person. Come back when, you, when you're really good at offending people, right? Uh, because you can't offend us. You can't, you can't hurt my feelings, you know, for more than a nanosecond. You know, I may not like what you say. I don't have to like what you say, but you can't hurt me impossible because once you get a healed broken heart and it's but you know because sometimes when things are so big and you find the victory of it it's so overwhelming victory that that uh we'll ride this victory out the rest of my life easy ride it out the rest of my life 
Nobody, nobody can ever offend me, hurt my feelings. Man, I'm good. It doesn't mean I, I don't have feelings. I've got great feelings, right? I can laugh and, and whatever. No problem at all. Amen. I'm not just this all, you know, stoic person. You know, oh, no, never shows any feelings. I'm a hurt, wounded. You would never know I went through anything, which is, you know, a good, a good observation. Amen. That uh, it's working, that, the, that we can heal the brokenhearted. So the, the Lord wants to, us to pray for folks that if you've got any, now it doesn't have to be all, all encompassing of your life, but if there's some area of your life where your emotions are, are so strong for some event or some person or whatever, and you just can't find a way through that, the Lord wants us to lay hands on people to help you do that because the, the anointing of God, he said, the, I am anointed to heal the brokenhearted. So if the Lord was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, we can be anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Amen? And get you where there's no scars, no wounds, your spirit man is back where it's supposed to be, your emotions are back where it's supposed to be, and all is well. And not a single thing has to change. Not, not a single circumstance, not a single thing at that church changed when I got a healed, uh, uh, broken heart. They were still as mean as snakes to, to the day my pastor died. I mean, you know, just mean. Terrible people, right? And they're on their way to heaven. I'll see them in heaven. They'll be surprised I'm there, right? Uh, but uh, it, it's okay, amen? Uh, and I'm going to be there, and I'll be glad to see them, amen? Between now and then, let them talk. You know, it doesn't matter. We want to pray for folks. If there's any area of your life that, that, that the, the anointing of God can help you in, in getting your emotions where they're supposed to be, to get your heart back where it's supposed to be, if you come on up, we're going to pray for you, amen? And uh, if the Lord can do it for anybody, he can, he can do it for all of us, Amen? Thank you, Father. So just come up. If there's anything in your life that you want pr- uh, hands laid on you, uh, prayer for this. Amen. The Lord said he came. He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. He had anointed to, to get our hearts healed to where they're supposed to be, where we can hear from heaven, where we can follow the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Father, you're so good to us. You're so kind towards us, Father. Father, you, you gave us emotions. But, Father, you gave us emotions to keep under check of our spirit man. And, Father, there's nothing that your spirit can't help us overcome. There's nothing, Father, that the power of God can't help us uh, heal. Father, this is not, this is not <clears throat> psychology. Uh, this is not uh, therapy, Father. This is the power of God. This is our spirit man, Father. And, Father, we thank you. As we lay hands on folks today, Father, that your power will go in them and, and cause their spirit man to be strong, to rise up above their emotions, Father, to where they can say, emotions, you will answer to my spirit. I do not answer to you. My spirit man runs my life. And so, Father, we thank you that your, your spirit is strong enough to allow us to do that. Your spirit empowering our spirit, Father, can cause us to do that and so Lord we thank you for that and Father in the name of Jesus Father we declare this spirit man to be strong and whole Father Father this spirit will rise up above its emotions emotions are real Father but so is your spirit and so is our spirit so Father I thank you that the spirit Father Miss Mildred, Father, will rise up and be strong. Rise up above her emotions. Rise up above her past, Father, and her thoughts. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. Father, we declare according to your word that she could be strengthened with all might in her inner man, Father. That her spirit is strong. And Father, I thank you that today is the day that things change. Today is the day that she declares that I choose how I feel. I choose how I live. My emotions are no longer in charge. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for great victory, Father, in her life. 